Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Daniel chapter 12, verses 5 through 13. To say that this is a difficult passage would be an understatement. As you probably listened to the podcast already earlier in the week, Daniel gets this final hope of resurrection. In chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, you have this idea of those who are resting in the dust, sleeping in the dust. It makes you think of Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, that from dust we came and dust we shall return. And the metaphor of sleeping would be death. So you have this idea of those that, that have died will somehow be made alive again. There's this idea of eternal life here in Daniel. There's debate about exactly what Daniel means by this in verses 1 through 4. But most Old Testament scholars believe this is the first overt reference to resurrection found in Scripture. Just a quick side note, I took a class on this very subject. And some people believe, and this is what liberal scholars proposed many years ago, uh, that the religion of Zoroastrianism uh, has a belief of resurrection. And the worship of Zoroaster or Zoroastrianism, was alive and well in Babylon, especially in Persia in particular. Uh, one famous person, uh, I can't remember his name, but the lead singer for the group Queen uh, was Zoroastrian in his belief. He believed in the ancient religion. But long story short, short, the Persians had this belief system, and it had resurrection as a part of it. They had some really weird practices that came to that, but they believed in the resurrection of the dead. And so some people would say, liberal scholars would say, well, the Hebrew people picked up the idea of resurrection in Persia under the Persians. They learned this uh, from uh, their belief in Ahura Mazda and those kinds of things in Persia. Now scholarship has realized that the Hebrew and Christian view of resurrection predates Zoroastrian belief in uh, resurrection. So it may have been the opposite that the Persians and the people that uh, believed in Zoroastrianism, stole the idea of resurrection from Christians and Jews. So it's interesting how scholarship kind of turns around on those kinds of subjects. But I thought you'd find that interesting little nugget of knowledge this morning. But if you look at these verses in particular, 5 through 13, you've got this vision of Daniel. He's going to see two heavenly visitors. One is going to be hovering over the water. So you're going to have these two heavenly, call them angels, call them messengers, call them spiritual beings, messengers from God that are speaking to one another and giving Daniel a message. So you're going to see a lot of parallels uh, with this passage and other places like chapter 10. If you go back and look at chapter 10 where Daniel's on the banks of the Tibris River and he sees the man clothed with linen, it's very similar to that passage. So chapter 12 is assuming you've already read earlier in Daniel and you've got to this part and there's all kinds of connections to other places, especially chapter 11. You need to have understood what's happened in chapter 11 to get what's happening in chapter 12. But let's just read through verses 5 through 13 and get this strange vision of Daniel. Then I, Daniel, looked and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, how long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by them who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and half a time, and that when the shattering of the people of the holy, holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O oh my Lord, 
What shall be the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed unto the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined. But the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. So, odd to say the least, (laughs) this is apocalyptic language, a lot of symbolism, a lot of numbers that will seem strange to us. So let's just think about some numbers in particular, and I'm not going to get very detailed with this um, as far as the numbers go. Just realize the numbers are symbolic. Uh, They are marking out certain time periods in biblical history. So let's just reason together some time periods that are important. There are seven days of creation, seven being complete. And also the word, or the, the number three is very important as far as completion in Hebrew thought. So three and seven, seven being complete. Three and a half would be a time of incompletion. Some scholars look at this 1,290 days, and they see a connection to Egypt. Now, I, I can't say this for sure, but this is the more common interpretation you'll see in Bible scholars, that the Israelites were captive in Egypt for 430 years. When you multiply 430 by 3, you will get 1,290. So some would say to a Jew, 430 represents captivity, oppression of God's people. Multiply that times 3. That means it's it's with pretty much authority uh, that the oppression is coming. There is something bad happening. Uh, if Pharaoh was bad, and that was 430 years, that times three means that there is ultimate oppression. There's something really bad happening. Please do not see that as a time period, though. That is symbolic of an epic in the history of Israel. So 430 would represent slavery and oppression of God's people. Multiply that times three. It's like it's threefold, threefold, threefold difficulty, threefold persecution, threefold oppression. So many scholars look, and let me just take you down to the end of the passage, and you can kind of see how this works out. In verse 11, And from the time the regular burnt offering is taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. That more than likely, verse 11, we're pretty sure that's talking about Antiochus Epiphanes. And I've talked about him before earlier this week. Uh, You're talking about the year 167 B.C. to 164 B.C., which is about that same time period, three and a half years. And so for a three and a half year period, Antiochus stops the burnt offerings. He he brings desolation to the temple. We know from the book of 1 and 2 Maccabees that, first of all, he defiles the temple. He dedicates it to Zeus. He sacrifices a pig inside the Holy of Holies. He does something really sinister every day. Antiochus would have one Jew brought into the temple court. They would be commanded to offer sacrifice to Zeus, and if they refused to do so, they would be mutilated and tortured. Not just put to death, but they did horrible things to them to try to get them to capitulate. And this would go on for about three and a half years until the Jewish revolt was successful and the Maccabees retook the temple and the temple was rededicated and you had the Feast of Hanukkah in celebration of that event. So that's probably what verse 11 is talking about. we got to back up and think about this end of times kind of talk that you see in this passage. So I'm going to go back to uh, trying to find the verse. Verse 7 would be the end of all these things would be finished. So the end of all these things. 
And then verse 9, until the time of the end. So what in the world is Daniel talking about? The time of the end or the end of these things. So this would be messianic age type language. We tend to hear end of the world stuff. But what Daniel is concerned with or what the angels are concerned with is the coming of the Messiah. That is the the final epic, what the Jews called the Olam Haba, the world to come. And that's the Messianic age. Now, in Jewish thought, and this is all in the rabbis in the time of Jesus, there's a lot of debate. Messiah would come and then there would be the, the resurrection from the dead at that moment. But what Jesus did was a little bit different. He comes as Messiah. He dies and he is resurrected as the first fruits of what is to come in the future. So the messianic age is ushered in with the coming of Christ and the coming of the church and the coming of the spirit, really the age of the Holy Spirit. And there will still be this future general resurrection that's going to happen. So in Jewish thought, sometimes the Messiah coming and resurrection came on the hills of each other. They were right there together. But with Jesus, we have this kind of separation where he comes. He's resurrected as kind of the first fruits, kind of an advanced sign of what's going to happen for the rest of us. Then there will be a future resurrection. So that's kind of what's going on in Jewish thought. So these prophecies here in Daniel in chapter 12 are all kind of being tied together. And it's really hard for us because we like these nice little tidy timelines. What Daniel is telling us is this. God is sovereign. God has a plan. There's these finite time periods. There's perfect time periods. You see these, these numbers of sevens being recapitulated throughout the book of Daniel. There's this possible connection to Egypt and slavery, 430-year period times three. There's a really bad time of oppression coming for God's people. This oppression will happen around 167 to 164. But there's also this coming of the Messiah. If you were here for that podcast in the 70 weeks of Daniel, I shared with you N.T. Wright's uh, beliefs on that. And I think he's really good with the 70 weeks of Daniel that this is all pointing ahead to a messianic age, the coming of Messiah. Daniel had already even predicted the coming of the Roman Empire, that the Romans would come. And so that final kingdom of God, the eternal kingdom, would come in the time of the fourth kingdom. So real quick, let's just recap, recapitulate some of the history here of Daniel, what we've seen. First of all, the Babylonians were in power when Daniel was taken captive and brought to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar was kind of the the, the main leader, the, the greatest leader of the Babylonian Empire. So the Jews come under the rule of the Babylonians during the life of Daniel. So Nebuchadnezzar dies, and years later, Belshazzar comes to power. And so you got Nabonidus and Belshazzar being these two last leaders of Babylon. Babylon falls to the Medo-Persian Empire, the Persians and the Medes. Images of the goat and the ram that we saw earlier. So we have this going on too. We have the Medes and the Persians. Then we have the coming of the Greeks. Remember, the Greeks are going to eventually be divided into four different kingdoms because Alexander will die. And so his kingdom will be divided between the four generals. And from that time of the Greeks will come Antiochus, who will rise up out of one of those four generals. It will actually be the Seleucid Empire. Uh, one of Alexander's generals' name was Seleucus. So from that Seleucan Empire, Seleucid Empire, will come the worst of all, who is Antiochus, and he will oppress God's people. But there's a fourth kingdom coming, which will be the Roman kingdom. And during that time, God's eternal kingdom will be established. That will be the coming of the Messiah. So that's kind of in a nutshell what we've seen in the book of Daniel as we think of redemptive history and what Daniel is predicting. So 
I don't believe Daniel's predicting. The only thing that you would see maybe end of times kind of prediction with Daniel is the resurrection at the end, maybe. is what he's talking about in the first parts of chapter 12. But most of Daniel's prophecy, if not all, is talking about Antiochus, what the Jews will go through um, in around 167 B.C., and the coming of Jesus Christ there to begin the new epic and the rise of the Romans. So that's really what you're seeing. Maybe possibly some predictions of the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in AD 70. That is very debatable. Uh, But that's what you're getting in the book of Daniel. So I hope these podcasts have made sense. I hope I didn't ramble too much today. I was kind of all over the place there. But I hope this kind of putting a bow on it makes sense a little bit what Daniel is all about. This is our final Daniel podcast. It's kind of sad, I guess. But I hope this book has is, is really been a blessing to you. I hope you understand it better than you did before. And join us back on Monday. I think we'll be in Psalm 30, and we're going to be in the New Testament starting next week. We're going to look at the Gospel of Luke on Tuesday, and we'll be in Romans 5 a lot next week. So if you want to read ahead in Romans 5 and kind of get your uh, juices flowing with Romans 5, that's a really challenging passage. We'll be looking at Romans 5 next week. Well, God bless. I hope you have a great weekend. <music>